0: A lot of people see it as living the dream, setting up a home office and working from home and setting your own hours. But what does it really take to set up a home office and can you set up a work from home situation that is truly ideal? We're going to talk about what you need to know about setting up your work from home situation today on Adulting.
1: Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting, I'm Harlan Landis and I'm here with Miranda Marquette as usual. Working from home is something that I do, uh, mostly because these days I work for myself. And Miranda, I know you work from home as well.
0: Yeah, I do. And I've worked from home, gosh, wow, going on 12 years now. Uh, I started working from home in about 2005 after completing my journalism degree. And I've been working as a freelancer, and recently I, I took a job with a company called Student Loan Hero, and uh, it's all remote workers, so all of us work from home, even though we are W-2 employees. And I do still freelance as well. So yeah, there's a lot of working from home happening up in here.
1: Yeah, and there's a recent poll that it gives us the indication that you and I are not alone in this whole working from home thing, whether you work for a company or you work for yourself, the home is becoming more of an office space.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. In 2015, a Gallup poll indicated that 37% of American workers had telecommuted at least once, you know, at least once a month for their jobs. And that's a huge increase from 9% in 1995, just 20 years earlier. So there's there's been a huge jump just in the number of people that uh, even if they are not working from home full time, they have the opportunity to telecommute at least, you know, once or twice a month or maybe two or three times a week.
1: We can explore some of the reasons why this increase is so significant. And I think. Uh, there's there's two things that are coming to my mind, and that's the increase in available technology to, to make this work in a way that is almost seamless. And then, of course, the way the economy has shifted over the last decade from people losing their jobs. With the recession, people have started to become more agile and, and looking for jobs in other places that they wouldn't have considered, and of course. Technology startups make all of this, you know, give more opportunities to people to work and live that kind of lifestyle as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and when you talk about the technology, it even applies to more traditional type jobs. I know people who work out. We have a national lab not too far from where I live, it's about an hour out of town, and it's the Idaho National Lab. And I know some people who telecommute from home. To work at this lab a couple times a week uh, because they are doing things, you know, if it's something like one of them's a lawyer. And so if you do something like that, where you could easily log in to a remote workstation or log into a certain intranet hub or something like that, then it's easier to telecommute from home. And, uh, you know, the, the call centers are disappearing. There are companies like JetBlue who have. At home call center workers, mm-hmm. basically. So, the customer service comes into people. They have their special software program. They have the their set hours where they're supposed to be sitting there, ready to man the phones. The only difference is is now they don't have to go to an office. They just clock in from their computer and you know log into the system and, and take the calls.
1: Not every job would be conducive to a work from home situation. I mean, we are talking mostly white-collar jobs, even if some of them are on more of the menial side of white-collar jobs. There's actually quite a range, but it seems to stay within jobs that, of course, don't involve manual labor. Because if you have to move something from one physical place to another, you have to be there in person to do that. There are certain limits to technology that prevent any type of job From being set up in a work from home situation. So the question is well, if I really want that lifestyle where I can work from home, but I am not in a career or a job that makes that worthwhile, do I try to find a pathway to that type of career or do I just have to kind of work with what I have in terms of what's going on in my life?
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. You do have to sit back and say, okay, How is this going to work with my lifestyle? And is this a practical kind of thing? Uh, There are some things, like you mentioned, a lot of the creative type jobs like public relations, graphic design, writing, all of the, you know, even like social media management, being a virtual assistant, all of those kinds of jobs are things that you can do from home and that are a little more conducive to it until our robot overlords come down and can like handle changing our oil and doing all of that mechanic type stuff for us or fixing the plumbing, uh, there will definitely be some of those jobs that you still need to be present for.
1: Yeah. And at the same time, there's still an interesting switch where people are, are finding ways to make telecommuting more applicable to jobs that you wouldn't have even considered before. Like one example would be treating a patient as a doctor. Now we, we really like the one-on-one in-person. I, that, that seems to be the best way to seek treatment as a patient. But certain aspects in the medical industry now can be done remotely. Your doctor, in some cases, could be at home with the webcam telecommuting with you as you're in a treatment center or a hospital or a doctor's office. And uh, depending on what it is, they can guide you through certain things while relying on physician assistants or nursing assistants who are there in person for some of the more hands on aspects of treating somebody. So it's interesting that there's people are finding a way more and more to make remote working more of a possibility, despite the types of jobs that we would think that wouldn't be conducive to such a thing.
0: Yeah, I I think the development of telemedicine is is really kind of interesting. So let's say you do decide that you're going to do this work from home thing, and you're going to set up your home office. Like, what things do you need as you get ready to
1: work from home? The most important thing is a reliable internet connection. And this is something that I know that has frustrated me, because there are certain areas where it's in the United States, one of the most technologically advanced nations in the world we still seem to not have an adequate broadband internet coverage for everywhere in this country so we are a little behind the eight ball there but it this is one of the most important things so it's great to live in a connected city where you know you have coverage and you know that that coverage is going to be okay because once you start doing certain things say recording a podcast you're relying on a great fast re- reliable internet connection and if you don't have that it creates problems and it prevents you from doing your job properly and that's something that we we need to do if we are working from home we have to keep the same same level of success and achievement as we would have if we were in person
0: yeah and that's that's really important and when you're getting your internet It's important to also make sure that you're protecting your network. So if you have a Wi-Fi network, as many of us do now that, you know, when you're getting the broadband internet, when you have the Wi-Fi network, make sure you're protecting it, make sure your password protecting it, and you're making it harder for people to come and steal, (laughs) steal your bandwidth. And also, you know, you don't want them to come in and do other things like get information you don't want them to have. So make sure you're working with protected Wi-Fi.
1: Yeah, always use protection. It's interesting that most it's a good that's
0: good good good
1: rule of thumb advice for
0: any, any, <laughs> for situation, any situation no matter
1: the situation exactly. protection is important <laughs> i think a lot of the hardware now comes with uh, defaults so that you are automatically password protected but you want to you want to check that and make sure and you want to set your own passwords as well just so that you have less to worry about. I mean, you don't want someone piggybacking on your internet and doing something inappropriate that they end up tracing back to your residence or your home office. And you don't want the FBI knocking at your door, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then the next thing that you need, you've got your internet connection. Now you need a computer. (laughs) You just you need a computer that's going to let you do what you need to do. And you need to check into your your software needs. So because I write and I do a lot of word processing, I don't need something super powerful. I'm not doing a lot of graphic design. Uh, I don't need a lot of bandwidth. Um, I just basically need to, to be able to record my podcasts and... Right. And that's all that's all I really need. And so my computer needs are fairly limited. I've got, I've got a desktop here that I love to work on. And it's like from 2011. So it's really kind of getting up there in age, but it does the thing and it does what I need it to do. And, uh, and then of course, I have a laptop that I can have if I'm working in another room in the house, or if I'm traveling. So kind of think about what you need. And you might have some more pressing needs. Like if you are a software developer, and you need to hook into a VPN, or something like that, you might have needs for a more powerful machine than what I use.
1: And if you are working for a company, and just telecommuting, working from home, or if your company only has remote workers, they might be providing you. And in a lot of cases, they should be providing you with the equipment or a reimbursement for the equipment. Because that is, as an employee, See, things are different between employees and consultants or contractors. Employees uh, should be working on equipment that is owned by the company. So that equipment should be provided to you and that should include a computer and perhaps even a router of a specific type that might be a little different than your typical internet router that you would get from the cable company or from Best Buy or any other retailer. And any other technological equipment you might need should be covered by your employee. Now, if you are working for yourself or you have your own business and your home office is, you have that because you are working for yourself, then your expenses for your office equipment is deductible for your business. Whether you pass through that, pass that through to your personal taxes or whether you have uh, separate business taxes, either way, those are business expenses that should be in most cases deductible. So that is one thing to keep in mind as well. But it is it is a little bit different keeping the expenses in mind when you're working for a company from home versus when you're working for yourself working from home or from anywhere
0: company I work for, even though I work from home, I use my own equipment. But what they do instead is they offer a, when you first sign on with them, they offer you a technology stipend. Mm -hmm. And so they offer you money and then You're supposed to use that money from them. So they hand you, they give you the payment. You use that money to purchase the equipment you need to do your job. So it's, it's kind of the same basic concept, only you get to keep the equipment when you're done. And they've given them, given you the money to help you purchase the equipment. But that is something to remember. Um, Other things you might need, depending on where you're at is like a phone, a headset. I have a nice big cork board where I can manage projects, you know, maybe calendar or a planner. So think about what you might need, you know, a desk, if you like that sort of thing. I'm actually in the market for a new chair. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to think about as you start thinking about your equipment and what you need. But yeah, the chair that I had is, is subpar. So I'm once again in the market for a new, I just can't find an office chair I like.
1: For me, it's the desk. The desk has stymied me for, for many years. Uh, you have to you have to make sure that you're as comfortable as possible. If you're at wherever you spend the bulk of your time, whether it's in an office, you have to make it yours, you have to make it comfortable. Or whether it's if it's at home, you have to set yourself up in such a way that you're going to be successful and not drawn into distractions. And setting up a home office is, is so important. And we talked You mentioned the desk and the chair and those things really go hand in hand in giving you what you need to succeed in in an environment. And I think, you know, this is a chance for you to set yourself up in such a way that you're going to be successful. Now, I'm looking around me right now and, you know, I'm happy that I moved into this apartment a year ago. I moved from a one-bedroom apartment to a bigger apartment that had room for one bedroom that I could designate as an office. This is the first time that I've had this in a long time. And, you know, even though it's been a few months, it's been, it's been several months, I, I am still in the process of setting this up. I am looking for a desk. I need to get rid of this tiny desk that I've had for I don't know how long. But there is not enough room for me to to work on it. And I've got a monitor taking up almost the whole thing. And my audio mixer for the microphone is sitting on the desk too. And there's basically no room for me to actually work on it. So one of the most important things, my goal for this month is to get a new desk that is going to allow me to feel that I'm working as a professional, which I am, but it doesn't feel that way on this tiny kid's desk.
0: I like that. So I think we're going to have a challenge here. You're going to find a desk this month. I'm going to find myself a chair this month.
1: You're on. That sounds great.
0: Okay, let's do this thing. We'll have an accountability session at the end of the month. (laughs) So yeah, so when we're talking about setting up the office, uh, since you've done that, and I like what you're talking about, you know, being comfortable, and that's very important. And you talked about limiting distractions. So one of the ways I do that to limit distractions. So I have, um, I have an office, I have a room that I use for my office. It's also The back half of it is kind of used for storage. And so that I don't have to look at the clutter of the storage, I actually face this wall. And then to my right is a window. So I can get kind of a mental break by looking out my window. And there's good natural lighting, which is very important to me. But I also have this wall. And I've got my certifications up on it, my calendar up on it, you know, this cute little caricature somebody drew of me on it. It's kind of a fun setup, but it's also one that limits distractions because I'm not looking at this cluttered room. I'm in a dedicated workspace that limits my distractions. I do much better when I'm sitting at my desk in my workspace than I do when I'm sitting out on the couch or sitting out by the fire. There are days like on a Sunday morning where I'll sit out there by the fire and I get the fire going. I've got the I've got my Creole brew or some tea going. And it's nice, and it makes a really fun picture to put on Facebook and say, "Hey, look at me living the lifestyle." Um, mm. It works really well for that. But the reality of the situation is, is I work a lot slower when I'm not in my dedicated office space that has been designed to reduce re-
1: distractions. Absolutely, I, I agree with you one hundred and three and a half percent. I when I am in my office at home in this in in this room, this bedroom, that it's not like it's free from distractions. I mean, I had to really put a lot of stuff in this office. My desk is in the center of the office, in the center of the room, and I've got bookcases all around it. Uh, it, it, I do face a window, which is behind my computer monitor. There's not a lot to see up there, so it's not very distracting. And again, these bookcases, all my photography, paper, and printers, and photo albums and CDs. Oh my god, so many CDs. But it's it's all kind of piled in here. But at the same time, this is the most distraction free room in my living space. I get I get a lot more done a lot more quickly and efficiently and smartly if I'm working in here than if I'm sitting out on the couch, you know, with the TV there and with the laptop just kind of tapping away. I do get stuff done that way. But when I know that there's stuff that I need to get done under a deadline or under any kind of pressure, I will cordon myself away into the office, close the door, and uh, just be able to focus only on what I need to do. And it, it helps so much. And, and if you are working for a company and you're not setting your own hours, having that isolated space away from your distractions is really the primary key to success, you know, beyond a comfortable desk and chair.
0: Yeah, it's really important to make sure you don't have those distractions. And I'm in a dedicated room so I can just shut the door. My son knows when the door is shut that I am having a meeting or I am recording something and I I cannot be disturbed unless he's actually bleeding and ready to die. And so uh, having that is very helpful, but not everybody has the opportunity to have a dedicated room. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember a time when I didn't either, when my my ex and I lived in a very small apartment, and I didn't have a dedicated room for my office. So what we did was I just sort of set it up in a corner where my back was to everything, and I was kind of in this corner, and it wasn't the cool it, – it wasn't the most ideal situation, but it at least – kind of made the separation. And then other people I know set up a screen. You can get one of those folding sp- screens that you can set up and you can kind of divide off a small area of a larger room so that you can have a little bit of privacy or at least some sort of uh, illusion that you are in a workspace and that can help you get your mindset going.
1: If I were sitting in a corner facing the corner trying to work, I don't know, I would feel like I was being punished for something. It didn't feel that way for you? It kind of did. It kind of felt a little bit like that for me. But
0: at the same time, uh, in my mind, I knew that it had to be done uh, because I needed a space to work. I needed, you know, I needed the desk set up. And it was, it was like this corner of our bedroom because we had this one bedroom apartment and the the front room was too small to fit like a desk with, a, you know, a desk with a computer plus uh, a TV. I mean, it was insanely small and... It was before the days of the laptop. Yeah, that's that's dating myself. I did. It did feel like a punishment and it wasn't super <laughs> fun. But at the same time, it, in my mind, I was like, Well, I know this needs to happen and I know that I can't set up any place else. So it is what it is for now, and this is what it has to be. <laughs> so sometimes you just do. You just use what you need to do to set your mindset, get through it, and then when you're in a better situation, you can build a better office.
1: One of the things that I have found out about myself from working for myself at home away from other people is that I need to get out of my space a lot more. I know when I was working at an office, I'd sit at a desk most of the day and I'd get up once in a while. Of course, you'd get up. For meals, and so I suppose I should have gotten up more often than that, but there, there was, there's was socialization happening, happening as well. There was people to talk to and, and there were things to walk around to. And of course, working from home, there's a lot less of that unless you manufacture it yourself. So I think that's something that is so important to do. I, I found that to be the case for me, and it may be the case for you, but getting out of wherever you are and taking breaks is really, really important. Of course, for health reasons, you need to get exercise and you should be getting exercise every hour at least, but just also exposing yourself to the outdoors some or outside of your office or other people. These are all important things where it's it's important to keep you successful as you try to work from home. Otherwise, Otherwise, you end up just kind of being a hermit and burying yourself in your work. It's, it's a lot easier to burn out, and I think that's the main key.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I like how you talk about getting out a little bit. Now that the weather's starting to get nicer where I live, I, I'm more inclined to take a walk, I get out, take a walk. I also occasionally like to just go to the coffee shop. Yes, I have this this home office, and it's great, and I love it. But there are days where it's just nice to get a change of scene. I take my laptop, I go down to the coffee shop downtown, and it's not too far from the river. So I can work for two or three hours, get a lot done. It's, it's amazing to me how when you're ready for a change of scene, like working in the coffee shop, like if I just go sit in the corner, I feel good and I work a lot better and I'm pretty productive. And then I can pack up after two or three hours, take a walk around the river and then go home and finish everything else up. It's it's really nice. And I'm actually really looking forward to spring because I find I'm more productive when I can switch things up a little bit like that.
1: It's funny. You talked about being in a corner, even in the coffee shop. I think you just enjoy being in corners.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think part of there's that safe space, right? Where you're, uh, the difference is though, when I'm in the corner at home, I'm facing the corner. When I'm in the corner of the coffee shop, I actually look out into the rest uh. of the coffee shop. But I've got, I've got the wall at my back, right? And I can see all the, the points of egress. <laughs> so I have to leave to quickly. Escape. I can't. Or, or if I see somebody coming in that I don't – because sometimes this happens in a town the size that I live in and the people mm. I know frequent downtown. And so sometimes if I see somebody coming that I, I don't want to have to like talk to or whatever, then like I can kind of see them coming and then I can really like look like I'm really
1: focused on my laptop.
0: <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> taken by surprise.
1: Yeah, the uh, coffee shops, any kind of sandwich shop, I th- these are all great places to go. And you can you can focus on your work, you can get out into a different environment. I like doing this too. It's also a great place to meet planned meetings with other people who often work from home. And you know, it's a great idea to say, listen, hey, why don't we do our separate work, but let's do it at the same table at this place so that we kind of, you know, are at least interacting with people we enjoy interacting with. I think that's a great idea. And when I was in Phoenix for a while, I was, it goes back to the technology that we were talking about before, definitely not having the same kind of access to technology in my girlfriend's apartment that I need for the kind of work that I do. So I went to a co-working space and found that that was a lot easier for me to do some of the things that I needed to do. It got me out of the apartment. And it got me to someplace that I knew that I could rely on the technology. And uh, that was a big benefit to doing that. And it was great, you know, be- because that was in a city, in a city like Phoenix, where it is set up to have co-working spaces and things like that. You don't get a lot of that in the suburbs because you, you expect to have all the services you need in, in your home. You have. Re- you know, bigger homes in the suburbs, room for a home office, better internet connections in the suburbs—all of those things, all those things tend to be true. So, when you're in a in a more urban area, sometimes going to a co-working space can be a lot more beneficial. You get some space that you need, you get some interaction, you get the technology that's that's necessary for what you're doing. So, you might spring for a membership for a co-working or a day pass. Uh, and various different co-working spaces have different types of plans. So you check that out. And of course, just like all of your other business expenses, whether you're working for an employer, you can talk to them about reimbursing you or whether you're working for yourself, then it's a tax deductible uh, business expense.
0: I really like the idea of co-working spaces. And I have a dream of having one in Idaho Falls someday. Uh, For now, eh, not going to happen. But I do love the idea of of co-working. Um, another thing I like to do, well, I've only attempted it once and it was a disaster, but that's <laughs> because I have a human being that I'm trying to raise. But another thing I'd really like to try is a work retreat or a workcation, right? Where you just sort of like, so I wanted to do this and I actually scheduled it like three or four times last year where I was like, I'm going to get a hotel room at the local hotel, grab a bottle of champagne and some healthy snacks um, to counteract the champagne and, <laughs> and work, right? Take my laptop and just have this wonderful retreat where I pick one project that I'm going to work on. Unfortunately, this this all hinged on the idea that my son was like, I'm going to spend the night at my friend's house. And then, you know, the day of, he's like, oh no, he never got permission. So we're not doing it after all. Can he come here? <laughs> <And it's> just, <laughs> Anyway, so that hasn't happened, but I still have this dream of doing it and making this sort of work retreat or workcation. And I've done it in the past, sort of something kind of similar, where one of the times when I was foiled in my efforts, I said, fine, yes, have your buddy come over, but you have to stay downstairs. I will order you a pizza, and I will stock you with some soda down there, and I don't want to see you (laughs) until morning. And and then that sort of left the, the top of the house for me to just sort of pound out a project. But yeah, I mean, I think that can be effective
1: as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the things that listeners can do right now to prepare themselves for the idea of working from home?
0: So I think the first thing to do is actually do a walkthrough of your home. So get up, walk around your home. Is there a good place to set up a work from home workspace, whether it's a room, a little nook, whatever it is, could you see an area that works really well for working from
1: home? You might have to reconfigure some things and think about using your space a different way in order to give yourself what you need to be successful at home. And I like the idea of, let's say you have whatever space it might be. For me, it's like a Probably a nine foot by ten foot bedroom, or maybe it's a little smaller than that because the closet seems to be coming into it. But you take you t- you actually map out exactly where you're going to put everything and have a reason behind it. You know, where are you going to put the desk? What size desk is it? Map it out, draw a diagram, figure it out, and and then. Find a way to make that work or adjust it as as once you start moving things around. And even if it's just a corner, you can still do that. You can figure out, well, what what kind of desk do I need for this corner? Or do I need to get a lap desk or some kind of tray that's going to work, like a TV tray type of thing? What what do I need to be comfortable, more, more effective than just slaying yourself out on the couch, but comfortable enough so that you can in you know you look forward to going to the space and you don't dread going into the office whether that office is a room or that office is a quarter.
0: Yeah, I like that kind of approach trying to make it so that you're not dreading it. Next, uh, create a list of things you need to set up your home office. So, it is time to make your shopping list. So, now that you've found a place to set up your home office, now it's a good time to make your shopping list? What things do you absolutely need to populate your home office? And this is kind of, this is a fun thing, but it's also something you do have to kind of rein yourself in a little bit because it is very tempting to To kind of say, "Oh well, it's tax deductible." Let's get a little crazy up in here, Uh, but
1: but you don't spending the money.
0: You are still spending the money. That's right. And a tax deduction is not the same thing as a credit. It's not going to reduce your taxes by as much as you spend. Do that. Create create your shopping list.
1: Yeah, and just to start you off on that, I mean, we talked about some things already in general terms. You know, a desk is going to be important if you can. A chair is going to be important. If you can, of course, you make sacrifices where you need to make sacrifices. And if you don't have the startup cash to build this office, then you're going to make do with what you have. But if you have the opportunity to set something up that is clearly defined as an office, like we suggest, then you're going to want something. And it doesn't matter whether you find the fanciest chair, the most comfortable thing that you can find, the best office product that you know, that is recommended by the, your favorite ergonomic magazine or whatever it is, you can just go to the thrift shop or you can go to Goodwill and find yourself a chair, or find yourself a desk that's going to get you through until, you know, per- perhaps this is an investment and an investment in your future. So you, you, you save what you can now. And as you, if you're working for yourself, maybe you're going to earn some more money through this whatever it is that you're doing in this office. And then as your business grows, you can invest more of your profit into it and then build things out from there. But it really makes sense to be frugal at first, especially if you're doing this on your own as your own, as your own endeavor. If you're, if you're working as an employee for a business, you know, for a big company, then they're providing you with a stipend like they are for you, Miranda, or if they're just reimbursing you or whatever, whatever, Whatever their rules happen to be, just stick with their rules so that you don't have to take too much out of your own
0: pocket. Just make sure you understand your budget. And we do have a listener question. Says, I try to work from home, but it's so distracting with the kids. How do I find time to get work done when the littles are all over the place?
1: Well, I think this is a question for you as I do not have (laughs) kids. And Miranda, you uh, you have a child.
0: It's much easier when they're older and going to school because now that my son is in school for eh, six hours a day, eight hours a day, I don't know, however however long he's gone.
1: <laughs> you don't even notice.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Whatever. No, it's really more like seven. Uh, for as long as he's gone, that's time that I can, can work. Uh, it's different, of course, if he's home sick. Now, when you're talking about young kids, what I'm about to say is really counterintuitive for a lot of people, but... It is what it is. You get some child care. (laughs) And you just, you just do. Uh, When my son was young, he went, we sent him to daycare two days a week for three hours. So that was six hours a week. And that was six hours that I knew that I could work on my most important projects. Now, am I going to get everything done in those six hours? No. But the most important things I can schedule to be done in those six hours. Uh, The rest of the time, it's more about well you do it early in the morning before they're awake or at night after they go to sleep or during nap time. Sometimes it means the house is a mess. Sometimes it means that dinner is leftovers again. But but yeah, or and sometimes it means you need a supportive partner who if you have a partner, you know, talk to your partner about, well, can you take care of can you take care of the kids for a little bit while I get this work done. So there's a lot of things that kind of go into it, but the number one thing you can do that will save your sanity is get childcare at least a couple times a week. It doesn't have to be for a very long time. uh, But it needs to be for just enough time to get the most important things done. Uh, And another thing you can do and that I tried for a little while is it's called they call them a mother's helper. But it's just somebody who comes, they take the kids and play with them, you're still home. And they're in your house. And they take the kids and play with them. They might do some light house cleaning or some, you know, helpful to laundry or whatever. But they kind of just take things out of your hair while you work. And so that's another option as well. Yes, it costs a little bit of money, but it can be very helpful. And uh you might also, uh, for part of the time my son was actually in child care, uh, we qualified for the dependent care credit. So we actually got a tax break for part of the money that I was spending on him being in in childcare. So that's something to think about as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of this comes down to this idea that I know that we've talked a lot about. It's just uh, determining which compromises you're willing to make. If you want to have the benefits of working from home, Then these are, these are just some of the things that you have to think about. Where are you going to make a compromise somewhere else so that you have this flexibility that you need in your life? And, uh, you know, childcare is such a huge deal and it means a, a lot to a lot of people. And there are certainly very strong opinions on every side of, of this coin. But it's definitely something that you need to take a pretty rational view of and then understanding what the needs are for you and the needs are for any other individual involved uh, who's involved, including your partner, if there is a partner, or including your children, if there are children.
0: Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to is is figuring out where that flexibility is going to be and what you need to do to make it work with your own lifestyle.
1: All right. Well, on that note, I think we had a great discussion. And if you have any any thoughts on how you set up your ideal work from home situation, please let us know. We would love to hear what your office layout is or how you work successfully outside of an office. Let us know uh, in our Facebook community, hashtag adulting on our adulting page on Facebook or at adulting.tv. Please join in the discussion there all over the place. And absolutely, if you enjoyed this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe at adulting.tv iTunes. We'd love to have you as a regular listener, and we'd love for you to ask us any questions because we love answering them on the podcast as you hear every week we answer questions. So leave us a few, and we look forward to hearing from you for listening to adulting find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv